Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Passionate about politics? Do you love movies? Well, you'll find a home here. Let's talk. Welcome to Weekly Wilson. Connie C. Wilson, a small business owner, writer, and educator, covers the gamut from film festival directors to the latest political debates of our time. You can't pigeonhole Connie Wilson, and she likes that just fine. So please welcome the host of Weekly Wilson, Connie C. Wilson. Hi. I'm Connie C. Seifer Corcoran Wilson, and I'm here with you on Weekly Wilson on the Bold Brave Media Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Uh, plug for next week uh, before we launch into this uh, tonight's program before the 4th of July. Next week, I'll be talking with two publishers and writers from Las Vegas, Lance Tobolt and Rich Devon, about their latest projects. Uh, they have a couple uh, things that they have done themselves, but they've published a lot of anthologies. Uh, they are now Invoke Books, used to be 1330 books. So if you're one of their authors, tune in. But tonight we'll be talking movies and we'll be talking with the senior editor of one of the top three movie blogs on the Internet uh, called TheMovieBlog.com. And that person is Anthony White. And full disclosure, I have written for The Movie Blog for a number of years, although at a much slower pace than anyone else on the blog, but I have been a regular various uh, film festivals, South by Southwest, Chicago International Film Festival, Dropping in San Antonio, Denver, Windy City, different ones around that have attracted me. Uh, Anthony works as a project manager for a financial services provider, but at the young age of 36, after graduating from the High School of Art and Design as an animation major and Damon College in graphic design, he was one, I believe, of the original founders of The Movie Blog in 2011, and then he has been senior editor since 2013 and in talking to him originally I believe that Anthony and I may have written at the same time for a blog now defunct called Associated Content so I want to welcome Anthony White from The Movie Blog and ask him that question Anthony are you there <laughs> yes I am yes I am thank you for well, having me I'm really excited well, 
Thank you for coming. I have uh, once, only once has there been a uh, problem, and that was no one's fault but bad uh, email addresses. But I remember when we first talked, you you mentioned uh, something about associated content in the blog. I mentioned that I believe it was bought by Yahoo and then kind of disappeared into oblivion. But had you also yep. written for them? Okay, what did you write when you uh, when you were there? Um, I just wrote for, you know, independent film reviews uh, under, I think under the Yahoo banner, banner, it was under like the Yahoo movies banner. So uh, what I would do was I was an avid film fan and um, I was able to get permitted to actually publish on that platform. Um, so I pretty much would just write about everything that I saw. <laughs> everything. Lots of movies, um, though. Even then, it was movies, because I was all over the place. Uh, politics, movies, and much like this show, I, you can't uh, keep me penned into one topic. I tend to wander off and do something else for a while. But you were doing movies even then. Have you always been uh, an avid movie fan, as you have put it? Um. Well, I actually started working on websites back when I was about maybe 15 or 16. And I was more of a, a I don't know, maybe like a, a little bit of a nerd. I, I was really into anime and things like that. Um, and I started writing. That's when I first started my passion on writing. And, and a lot like you said, I would jump from topic to topic, things that would catch my interest. I would write from anime, I, then I would transition to film. Um, and I wrote about a few other things on a few other platforms. Um, but primarily, I've been I've been living and loving film. And and has this been? Uh, you mentioned starting at a young age. Fifteen is pretty young to be having your own uh, you know platform <laughs> of of any kind. How did the folks at home feel about that? Um, it was a little weird at first because I was I was always technologically inclined. You know, I was the guy that had to hook up the cable in the house, but. It was a little weird at first because, you know, my mom was thinking, you know, I'm just sitting there on AOL reading email, watching videos, doing who knows what. And all of a sudden, a few checks are coming in the mail because, you know, I'm setting up businesses on the Internet and I'm getting income from it. So it, it was a little weird at first. It was a little startling. It actually sounds like a good thing. I, I can't think of a similar uh, experience with my two children who are now adults. They seem to have never made a cent that I can remember uh, from any hobbies of theirs. Oh, and now they're doing fine now. And when, when, the, uh, when they got through college and got jobs, I'm not saying that they don't work, but I don't remember any hobbies that uh, caused them. Actually, my granddaughters uh, are always doing something, but uh, one of them soldered a radio together the other night. I'm not sure that that's going to make us any money, but it was certainly a good thing to to know that there was that interest so what got you started um with the movie blog when it began which I, is 2011 correct is that the correct year no it actually began prior to that so i am not the founder of the movie blog um the founder of the movie blog is a man named uh john campea uh, he may be familiar to some folks he is now i think with like uh he was with amc theaters for a while um, and I, I forget where he's at now, but he actually founded the movie blog, I think back in 2005, he was just an avid movie fan himself, just a fan, um, doing it independently just for the love of film. And then he actually caught the attention and grew in, uh, based off of his popularity of AMC theaters to help, uh, spearhead their, their upstart film blog. Um, after that, it was actually sold and inherited and 
somehow, some way, back in um, 2011, I was actually chosen to be a writer for the movie blog, and and I started as a as a regular contributor. Okay, so 2011 is when you got in there originally, but it started in 2005. I'm I'm wondering because I I started my own little weekly Wilson blog in 2007, and I never knew whether that was early or late. Sounds like it was about roughly the same uh, time period that you beat us by a couple years. Um, in in starting on doing this at, at, at in 2011, is it's a sidelight for you more than it's not your your main job. No, 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 no. So um, I am a project manager. I do have a day job where I manage the installation of stock trading systems into banks and financial uh, financial institutions. Um, so I'll, I'll work with implementing to the trader floors um, and it implementing the devices that the traders use to communicate with one another uh, when they're conducting their trades. So, Which sounds um, I, very I a- technical. <laughs> Gives me a headache. <laughs> Thinking about it is not the, not good for me. But I do know yeah. someone else who's worked sort of in you know some of that same uh, technical sounding thing, so that everyone can trade at the speed of light or what or whatever. Uh, so, do you do other blogs besides the movie blog, or is this aside from your your trading uh, duties? Is this pretty much it now because it's time consuming? Well, recently I started, well, I, I, let me, let me back up a little. So I, I just started to do uh, business consulting and, and it is another startup I'm creating. I've created is called inherently good solutions at inherently good solutions.com. Um, one of the things that I've always been passionate about is when we build up and work on the movie blog as a staff, as writers, as, 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 and make our relationships with one another, something that I'm very passionate about doing is passing on all the knowledge that I've picked up over the years um, to any of the writers that might be interested. One of the most popular things that happens with some of the, with the writers on a movie blog is that they'll, their profile will get raised and they'll catch the attention of, you know, someone or some, whoever, depending on what their passion is. I had writers that wanted to be, that were aspiring actors, that were aspiring films, uh, screenwriters, um, uh, and, and got the attention and maybe picked up internships, got hired, um, picked, uh, 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 got additional opportunities with, with lots of things. Um, one, one, I, I could go on and on. I, I don't know if I feel comfortable saying the names of the folks, but, uh, I, I could, I could keep going. Well, we, we won't let you keep going too much because uh, as uh, Sean just said, we're going to have a commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you to share some. Uh, I know that the movie blog has done exceedingly well. So as we come back from break, I'll be asking you about uh, whatever standings amongst them we currently have. And stay tuned for that information. Don't go away. Dr. R.C. will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, 
details and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network and tune in radio as Dr. R.C. will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com. Have you ever felt like no one is listening or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve? Do you even know the kind of attention you want or need? You are not alone. Alice Aspen March is here to help. Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma. Worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app. This is Connie Wilson here with Anthony White of the Movie Blog. And right before the break, I asked him to explain to listeners and to me, who knows almost nothing about this either, uh, kind of where the movieblog.com stands in relation to other blogs online. I mean, I am familiar with Roger Ebert's continuing presence even after death because that blog has has soldiered on with uh, his wife in charge. But where does the movie blog come in as far as people hitting it and listening to it? Um, the movie blog right now, we average, it's, it's around between 200 and 250,000 unique monthly visitors. And we'll have maybe, you know, one to 2 million page views a month. Which is pretty good. As I recall, that was uh, at least in the top two or three uh, from what we had talked about quite a while ago when I was going off to some film festival. And I wanted I think they wanted mm -hmm. to know. So I asked you and that that sounded impressive to me. What have you for all blog owners like myself? How do you mm -hmm. think is it be just because you're really good with the, the graphic stuff and you because you, you are and it looks great because of it. But what do you attribute that to uh, just the the um, different writers or the graphics or what? I, I think it's mainly because the movie blog offers something that no other blog offers. It offers unspoiled opinion. It's our tagline. The movie blog is the official home of correct movie opinions and it's what we use to separate ourselves we're not more so more here's a, a news site like a deadline where we're trying to you know uh, release information about the latest casting but what we do is we're, the films that we're passionate about we'll dive into it and we'll we'll talk to it and for those who are also passionate about those specific genres or that specific topic it's it's really really fun to have a conversation with like-minded people and and th and that's what we do to set ourselves apart 
And and I have I do visit um, many blogs uh, of others that write uh, for the movie blog, but also as I mentioned earlier, the the Roger Ebert continuing presence uh, or his blog's continuing presence, and it's fun to to check and see whether what you thought about something was uh, the same. But I try never to do it. I don't want to do it when I'm writing about it. I wait till I have already <laughs> decided what I think about it. I just saw a movie, in fact, and um, wrote a little bit. I wasn't real high on it. You you didn't get it because I thought, yeah, this one had some, <laughs> had some issues. And I checked around and I actually read on someone else's blog, who shall remain nameless, that it was the worst movie he'd ever seen and i thought well it wasn't that bad you know well, i mean send, send it over I, let's publish it you know <laughs> i i I don't want to just publish things that we like. The good thing, the one thing that I also think that sets us apart is that we also talk about the things that we don't like. And when you talk about the things that you don't like, the audience will maybe make a better connection with you because it's not just talking about the things you like and that you praise, but the things that you don't like are really the things that will unify you and your audience together. And then that's what's really, really, really going to uh you know, make the audience appreciate you and follow you and, and associate with you. So by all means, yes, yeah, send that review up. <laughs> yeah, I, I have been on the receiving end of a few crucifixions and I, I've, I've gotten, I've mellowed a little in my old age. I really have. I, I will be critical, but not just, you know, really rip it. Uh, I wasn't always uh, this way. Back when I started, which was in the real newspapers in 1970, which is a 50 year span of doing this, I had, I mean, I figured I'd never see any of these people. Why did I carry it? Also, it was pretty brutal. And, <laughs> and then I, after I put them all in a, a book, uh, it came from the 70s, is the, the title of it. And I looked them over i thought yikes you know now uh, i have often frequently been on the the red carpet in the old days before the pandemic and uh talked with michael shannon or who, whomever is in that film i decided i should maybe take it down a notch or two and i have um let me ask you this question about our current um situation obviously we are not uh able to go out to the movies when what was the last movie you saw in a theater Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. a good question. Um, I have to think. I, I, I know. I, it's, it's bad, I, isn't it? I can tell yeah, you exactly. I don't remember. I, I know. I, mine was Friday the 13th. I went to see Ben Affleck in The Way Back <laughs> and, uh, and really liked it. It was a, an excellent film. It's now streaming on Netflix, so you, know, you don't have to go out. But it was the day they locked down. I'm in Texas when I'm doing this show, so that's when they locked. And we, we're not locked down again, but we were locked down the first time uh, and told not to leave our homes on uh, Friday the 13th of March. And I haven't been in a theater since then. And this is obviously creating problems for the various uh, chains. And here's a quote I want to read to you. This is about the AMC chain, because you mentioned it, and I, I know in Chicago it's a a big chain. I think they're Chinese owned. I'm not positive about that, but I think they are. But here's the quote from the Dallas Sunday paper quote. At the end of 2018, AMC alone had accumulated almost $5 billion in debt to cover improvements. Its net debt has now reached more than $10 billion, partly spurred by pandemic related borrowings. And they go on to say uh, later in the article, you know, our 
they did this, of course, to compete with streaming services. Can the chains, and I don't mean to point out any one particular chain, there's certainly plenty of them and <laughs> spread this around, but, but when you're $10 billion in debt getting ready to compete and then a pandemic hits, do you think that all these chains are going to be back? I don't. I don't think all of these chains are going to be back because you see that there's been an effect on every industry. And I don't think the theater industry is going to be immune to that. Um, there's a lot of businesses, you know, Models. Models is a big um, uh, sporting goods store in the New York City tri-state area. They've been around for a very long time. Um, they're, they're closing down their stores. I think Sears is, excuse me, not Sears. Uh, there's a few other stores. There's, 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 pennies, but, pennies. But I think J.C. Penny, thank you. Yeah, JC they're Penny, not yeah. all, but a lot of them. A lot of them. So I don't think that AMC is going to be able to withstand it. It's. I think it's going to be. Uh, it's going going to be a matter of time before we start seeing theaters closing down and and seeing that trickle down effect. But that's not, not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily to mean that movie theaters will go away. It just leaves an opportunity for us to evolve and, and see what new ways we're going to enjoy film. Well, we once again, we're going to break for a commercial. But when we come back, I have I, I actually underlined three additional quotes, all of them rather dire. And we will talk about those. And I'll give you uh, my thoughts on some of this to, right after commercial. So don't go away and call in if you uh, have any questions for me or Anthony at 866-451-1451. Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and to in radio. This is Connie Wilson on Weekly Wilson here with Anthony White from New York, and he is the uh, senior editor of themovieblog.com. And we're talking uh, right now, we're talking the future of movies. Uh, Anthony just shared an opinion with me, so share it with our listeners, Anthony. So, yeah, we were talking about film and movie theaters and whether or not AMC theaters would survive this. One of the things that excites me about this is that although it's sad, you know, that this movie theater, this tradition may be sunsetting, it's exciting to see where things may go from here. We, I've noticed a resurgence in interest in drive-in movie theaters. Um, there's been a huge interest in uh, film going direct to streaming platforms, whether it's paid or, or, or something like subscription, like Netflix. Um, and that's actually been the safest way and the most popular way for the consumption of film right now. So it's going to introduce 
it, new uh, potential uh, business models for the way that they create and distribute film, but it, it's going to be really exciting. And it's going to give a lot of attention to more um, smaller filmmakers because they're going to be competing with these uh, uh, large films on the same platform. Uh, this is a great lead in to the other quotes that uh, I'm sharing these from a Dallas newspaper. I just happened to pick it up on Sunday. So I, I'm, it's not like I did extensive research, but I just couldn't help but pick up and see when the headline was theaters at risk in pandemic cliffhanger. I thought, oh, so I picked it up. And here's a quote that speaks to what you just said. Comcast's Universal Pictures bragged that it made as much money releasing Trolls World Tour on demand as it did releasing previous trolls pictures at the box office so that supports the opinion you just shared and then they had another uh, performance research in partnership with full circle showing that out of a thousand people that they polled 70 percent said they would rather watch first run movies at home and here's a a really um, I, i found this amazing netflix was so successful during lockdown that it temporarily surpassed box office giant Walt Disney and company as the biggest entertainment company in the world. So that's quite interesting. Uh, it went on to say now that they're having uh, difficulty. Now they're worried about getting studio fare because they quote a lot of people in here, since I am in Al- Alamo Drafthouse territory, the Austin-based chain that mm-hmm. will serve craft beers. And it has kind of a, well, it's not unique anymore, but it was when, uh, when they- yeah, they pioneered, uh, kind of started it, and it is fun to do when you have are not used to that, as I'm from the Midwest in a small town which didn't have anything like that. But they make about 70%, 75% of their revenue from large studio films like Marvel films and things of that sort. This is all from their executive chairman, whose name is Tim League. And so there is some concern about getting enough product, but I think you've hit on a good point. Uh, independent filmmakers uh, might get a, a better shake. I mean, I seem to remember that Steven Soderbergh kind of walked away from big studios quite a while ago, saying he was taking his mm-hmm. ball, not going home, but walking over to the streaming services way back. And he's still working, but he's he's not doing it for you know Paramount or one of the big boys. He's doing it on streaming services. So we agree that movies will continue. Um, let's talk a little bit about movies that you, since you can't remember the last movie you saw at a theater. I can, but it was Actually, way back. I can. I can oh. now. It was, okay. I, I took, it was me and my son, Elliot, and we saw Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Well, I know <laughs> that, that, was, that, was, the, that was a big one. I heard that made quite a, quite a lot of money and uh, did quite well for them. And they were very happy about it. Uh, what else have you mm-hmm. viewed or, or you want to view, but it doesn't necessarily mean it have to be something you've actually sat down and watched, but you're, you're getting excited about seeing something oh, obviously at home. <laughs> Let's hear it. Cause I want, I, I'll start taking notes cause I need some new stuff, but I got the ones that I've seen, but let's hear yours. Okay. Any- so the most recent, the most recent film that I saw and loved was the five bloods, the recent Spike Lee film that was released on Netflix. So um, that film, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was amazing film. It was a wonderful character study. I think Delroy Lindo put himself maybe in the best actor running this year. 
hand, well, no, I no maybe, hands down. He put himself in the best actor running with that film. His performance is outstanding. It, it was it was a remarkable film. I loved it. He's um, always been good, and he's never gotten really uh, enough credit. I mean, I remember him all the way back. So he, he I, I, and I have seen the film. So I can, I'm not talking just from when I will say I did see that. Uh, we're looking for all of, of Spike's, uh, you know, the, the moving camera coming down and all this, all of which were in there. Um, I have, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned the way back. I really liked the way back, and I thought I think Ben Affleck is equally deserving of some sort of uh, accolades. I do think it had a lot of uh, almost autobiographical uh, stuff in it because uh, it, those of you that have seen the film and it is streaming will know that he uh, is a coach who well he wasn't a coach to start with but he's hired to uh, coach a team and he has an alcohol problem which has destroyed most of his relationships and uh, you know there's quite a bit of truth in that uh, little synopsis and mm-hmm. I think maybe it was his thank you movie to uh, the ex-wife <laughs> and and those around him but it was really well done and I, I did enjoy it and I remember talking with Eric Roberts, they had just seen it and were praising it as well. So not just my opinion. Um, I have gotten on just in the last two, three days, we have binge watched our way through Hannah. Are you familiar with Hannah on Amazon with Joel Kinnaman and Muriel Inos about the um, amazing girl that can do everything? That's always a girl now. They can just <laughs> not, they can take you apart in a minute and there's plenty of them out there. But Hannah, I had heard it was good and we started watching it and it started really strong and, and we've now, uh, we're now hooked and it, I think a third season is starting the third of July, I believe. It's almost any day there's a brand new season which is good news for for me stuck at home have you picked up on any new series that you know not not necessarily one you didn't already watch but what have you liked amongst the series because the five bloods of course is a regular film and and a good one but uh what about the the tv stuff Oh, well, I, I haven't seen hannah i am aware of it it's on my list of amazon shows um uh along with uh what was that last one with Al Pacino? The uh, Hunters? Yeah, I saw. I heard. Um, I I didn't hear good things from people I know whose opinions I I respect. I haven't seen it either, but I do know what you're talking about. Uh, my best friend, who's a movie buff, didn't. Yeah, she wasn't too. She wasn't singing its praises. Let's put it that way. But I did see the King of Staten Island. You saw the King of Staten Island. Okay, yes. what did you think of that? Well, it was supposed to open up here. It was going to be the film. It was going to be opening night. I was all yeah. excited. And uh, you probably were, too, because you were going to come here to Southwest. We were going to actually meet face to face. I was so excited to meet you in person <laughs> and, and see the King of Staten Island as well. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was good. It was very, very much better than I anticipated because I really didn't expect it to be quite as thoughtful. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, Pete Davidson doesn't strike me as a serious actor i i think of him for saturday night live so i wasn't expecting him to really be telling sort of his life story with his father uh whose name i believe was scott having died in the 9-11 tragedy i i didn't realize enough about it going in so then i did a little reading afterwards and yeah i liked it i liked it much better than i thought i would like it so that was a i would call that a find i was 
going to try to get into it live here at the Paramount. Uh, that would have been uh, difficult because, as you would have found out, the Paramount is not nearly large enough to seat all the people that would have tried to get in. But I can recommend The King of Staten Island. It's It was it went very well done. And, of course, you have Marissa Tomei playing his mom, and she's an Oscar-winning actress and always good. So it was great. I mean, I liked it, and I am looking forward to more uh, more of the Perry Mason series, which we will talk a little bit more about when we come back from yet more commercials, because I, I have been into that and seen the first ones that are out there. So don't go away. When you come back, we'll throw out some more series that you might want to try when you're at home. But in the meantime, listen to these messages from our sponsors. Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality, but it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating? Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant, like I had relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Uh, it's like a, a flow inside. Yeah, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. America is out of control. Today's capitalism and the approach to money is in fact the symptom of a more widespread pattern of excessive behavior. In his book, The Culture of Excess, How America Lost Self-Control and Why We Need to Redefine Success, clinical psychologist Dr. Jay Slosar portrays an America where excess fuels the drive to succeed. Dr. Slosar examines the cultural factors that lead to excess ranging from obesity to fraud to pervasive budget deficits. His book examines the powerful economic and social factors and their impact on our psychological well-being. Dr. Slosar explores the psychological impact of increasing narcissism, perfectionism, self-destruction, and our identity confusion. He offers recommendations for helping Generation Me become Generation We. Those who resist Slosar's message will want to avoid his discussion of regulation and his recent message that at this point, democracy must be more important than today's capitalism. Get his book now online or by visiting thecultureofexcess.com. This is Connie Wilson on Weekly Wilson with my guest, Anthony White of The Movie Blog. And we are uh, both involved in reviewing film on themovieblog.com. And in Anthony's case, he has to edit uh, the incoming reviewers, of whom there are a great number. Mm -hmm. How many exactly are there on The Movie Blog? I'm just one of many. In other words, uh, you think they're, you know, I have a number? between... We juggle between five and ten writers at any given time. It's, it's right. it, which doesn't sound like a lot until you have to sit down and edit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I can I can imagine that that was always the one thing that I was told way back in my early days. They said we like to get your stuff because we don't have to edit it much. And it was this was when I was calling in from a world mm-hmm. premiere held in Dubuque, Iowa, of a Sylvester Stallone film, and they and I had to call it in on a telephone. This is back in way back in the dim dark ages. But but you know that's what you get when you get an English major with a journalism degree. You're not going to get quite as many 
many uh, run-on sentences or whatever that they were talking about. But we were just sharing good films or series. doesn't have to be a film. And, of course, Ozark went off, and I think most people know about and have been already dabbled in Ozark. I know I'm hooked for sure, liking it. Uh, Perry Mason is new and, and so different. Have you by any chance seen any of the new one? No, I have not caught up on the new one. I'm very familiar with the with the original, but I, I have not yet caught up on the new one. What, what do you like about it? Well, the, it's nothing like the old one, which is why it's good. Uh, I mean, you know, I I am, you know, old enough to have remembered all the black and white TV uh, Perry Masons in the courtroom scene and all that. Nothing like that whatsoever. It's really done well so far. Of course, I've only seen a few because it's just begun, but uh, very excellent uh, cast and really entertaining. And it's basically, a, it could have been called anything. Why they chose to make it Perry Mason, I think they're just trying to drag in a few people that remember that name. You know, it, it doesn't really have have much to do with the Perry Mason that I knew and didn't love. Uh, it, it's really excellent. I have enjoyed that. I did uh, wade through Hollywood, not particularly because I thought it was the best thing ever done, but there were some over-the-top performances in that that were hilarious. Um, I'm thinking in particular of Jim Parsons. <laughs> uh, he was just, I mean, somebody should have, they did film him, but if he, if he hadn't, it would have been a crime because he just was really uh, vamping uh, very broadly in the Hollywood uh and I've seen all of those, so I, I waded through those. I avoided Capone. Did you have any? Did you go into the Tom Hardy Capone? Because I was warned away from it by a good friend whose opinion I respect. No, I was I was also warned away from Capone. Um, I, I I I I'm a huge Tom Hardy fan. He's a really really remarkably good actor, but I'm not always a fan of his film selection. So I always. I have this one friend of mine who's a, who's a diehard time Tom Hardy. And I'm like, you know, is this one good? And, and this one, this one didn't make the cut, but I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to what he does next. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like you. I like his Venom. stuff. Yeah. Well, the Venom one uh, was big here at South by Southwest last year when it was, when it actually successfully went off and they had uh, representatives at the director. And I went and sat through the uh, comments made about Venom. They showed clips of it. Um, I, it didn't look to me like I would just find that to be my favorite film. So I never followed beyond that, but I, <laughs> I, I do know what it is and I do know he was in it. And I was a little surprised because he seems like more of a, a serious actor than what he was being asked to do in that film. Um, here's right. one that we watched last night. Well, this is a new one. It was, I, I cannot tell you what it was on, but there's a, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt and it's a, it's the title mm -hmm. is seven 100. And uh, we had to pull the uh, people watching it because it's basically about the terrorist takeover of an airplane. And I'm sitting here with my daughter who flies for a living. So <laughs> I didn't know whether she would agree to watch it, but it was very well done. Uh, and it was, I think it was Amazon, you know, made specifically for, uh, for television, for, for the streaming service that provided it. If, if you see it on yours, uh, it's pretty brutal, but I thought it was extremely well done. And I, I'm looking at it as a screenwriter, sometimes screenwriter, and I'm thinking mm -hmm. it's 
it was smart of them, you know, the fewer sets you can get, the more likely you can to get it made and made inexpensively. Um, you know, there mm-hmm. have been entire films set in a car, for instance. Well, this is not much different in that it's mostly taking place in the cockpit of this plane and during the struggle and all this. And it, it was good. And the acting was excellent in it. So I... I would not hesitate to say if you can take the, you know, the brutal nature of it, it was, it was worth a watch. But the one that we watched last night, which is an older film, 2014 release date. Um, I had a, such a great cast. I said, Oh, let's try this based on the John le Carre novel. And, uh, it, it's called, the name of it is a most wanted man. And it sounded so good and had, uh, Robin Wright and Rachel McAdams and Willem Dafoe. And it was the last movie that Philip Seymour Hoffman made before he tragically died. So I really was looking forward to that. Not so great, but uh, I'm sorry to have to share that with listeners. I would not watch, I would not recommend that one. Uh, but when we come back from our next commercial break, we will try to think of a few more that Anthony has seen. He's just mentioned The Watchmen, Kingdom, and Tiger King. And we will be right back after these commercials. MJ Domit is the owner of Expect to be Empowered, a company whose specialty is empowering people to live their best life by following their heart and accepting themselves unconditionally. After studying and making personal changes, MJ now focuses on giving others tools for self-empowerment. She provides individual and group workshops for people who are physically, emotionally, and spiritually blocked. Inspired by her work at Expect to be Empowered, MJ authored the book Waves of Blue Light, Heal the Heart and Free the Soul with a company empowerment cards she is a spirit book of the year gold medal living now book award winner and her book is a number one amazon bestseller in spirituality and was a 2012 gold medal winner recognized as the living now spirit book of the year an inspirational speaker mj will show you how you can repurpose every area of your life your life did not just happen to you you chose it which means you can change it visit www.expecttobeempowered.com or call 866-264-8024 Global Glory, that's the work of Dr. Marina McLean, COO of Global Glory, whose calling is to serve God. A first-generation British-born Londoner of Jamaican descent, Dr. McLean inherited the hunger for the word from her father, who was a Bible teacher. Growing up, her home was filled with missionaries from the Caribbean islands and America, and she travels the world preaching the gospel. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in theology and an honorary doctorate of divinity and Christian counseling from Friends International Christian University. Dr. McLean is also a songwriter and recording artist, and her songs are written during summits and conferences in the presence of God. She's recorded three worship albums to date and is in ministry for 28 years alongside her husband, Dr. Rennie McLean, who shares her passion. Visit www.globalglory.org or on Facebook at Global Glory. Call 866-244-5679 and feel the glory. This is Connie Wilson on Weekly Wilson on the Bold Brave Media Global Network and and tune in radio and I'm here with Anthony White who is a senior editor and of the movieblog.com and it, we're sharing right now films or perhaps television series that we have enjoyed during lockdown which seems like a, a, a public service that we can provide since my <laughs> eyes are basically completely cross-eyed from watching everything that, that was uh, shown to us those of us that were here already as I was before they scrubbed South 
South by Southwest, they then put the library up. Uh, I think you've got it as well. And I, I went through a lot of their documentaries. I have been recommending the Susie Quattro uh, documentary. And, and during my interview with her last week, she told me that it's also, uh, they're going to make a movie about her life now. So I, I was very impressed with the Australian documentary. I also sat through one on Johnny Cash, which was about his first wife. And uh, I liked it. It was good. I saw a review of it in my local hometown, Illinois newspaper that was good. Uh, have you watched any documentaries uh, of any that you remember recently during lockdown? Um, documentaries I've been primarily consuming, well, documentary-ish shows. I've been watching History 101 on Netflix, which is a nice little way to quickly consume information uh, uh, in 22-minute episodes. It's, it's a recurring series, but um, it's documentary-ish in the way that they touch on specific subjects in a small amount of time. So it's a way that if you want, you know, you can learn about GMO, you can learn about um, how that happens and how they're using it to affect the food that we eat and the way that they grow our crops. Um, they actually break down what GMO is. So for, for the layman who may not understand exactly what it is that people are so excited about and why they need to be aware of it. Um, it touches on things like politics. It, talks, it touches on things like uh, 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 our environment. Uh, it's a wonderful little show. That's one that I've been recommending to others. Uh, if you're interested in that kind of a documentary. Um, I'm, I'm a historical documentary, na uh, natural, uh, uh, watching the animal documentaries. That's more of my thing. Um, I, I sometimes I dive into the biographical documentaries, but really my, my meat and potatoes is with the, the things regarding history. Yeah, I, I have loved uh, and, and recommended many times since I saw it, I believe, season before last. I, uh, For those who are into politics, as I tend to be from time to time, I've recommended that, uh, that people pull up from whatever it is streaming, American Dharma, that's D-H-A-R-M-A, which is an interview with Steve Bannon, who, of course, was the driving force behind the Trump campaign in 2016. Uh, and I remember remember when they showed it to us in Chicago, uh, no one from the film was able to attend. It was uh, Errol, Errol Morris. or It was just a wonderful documentary. And he, he called and told the programmer that it was the most frightening documentary he'd ever uh, <laughs> made, which was, I thought, oh, my gosh, because two of his previous ones, uh, one of them was the, the unknown known, and the other one was the fog of war, both of them excellent and well done and scary is all get out. Uh, so I thought, how, how much scarier is this one? But if you see it, you you will <laughs> understand. It just takes one viewing and you'll get it. And then I, I made us all watch American Factory uh, the night before the Academy Awards, we always have a, a another couple that we get together. We have a traveling trophy, and <laughs> we always watch the uh, the Oscars together and predict them. And that that's the one of the first uh, releases by the new company that uh, Obama is involved with. I know, and and it did win the Oscar. And it was all about China taking over an American factory and the culture clash that ensued. It, it's a little slow moving to to be totally honest, but it's very informative and really does have a lot to recommend it as far as being, as you said, uh, educational and something that you can learn from, which I also enjoy. Not enough people are aware of what's going on with China right now. And, and that documentary is, is, is important. 
Uh, oh, yeah. And it, it's going to be happening more and more because uh, they are taking over not just this one factory that is uh, shown in. And it it shows how the American workers do not live up to their expectations, which seem to be that you're you only live to work. You don't work to live. And that's putting it in a right. nutshell. That, at least that was the message <laughs> I walked away from when I uh, sat when we sat through it. Um I was talking with a filmmaker uh, in a previous program, uh, several back, Dan Decker, and I asked him this question I'm going to ask you. I said, uh, do you think that movies, the traditional movie where you go out, dinner in a movie, is, is that going to go away as the uh, the date night of forever? Or are we going to just stay home and watch them forever? And there's not going to be any movie theaters to go out to? I don't think the traditional movie theater is going to be around forever. I think we're going to evolve and go into something else. And that's not, that's not a bad thing. You know, um, as we move forward, uh, a lot of things are going away and a lot of things are evolving. You know, I once showed my son a picture of my TV and he said, what's that all that, what's all that behind the screen? And I was like the rest of the TV and he didn't understand what I was talking about. You know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when TV was as big as furniture in the house. Oh yeah. So, you know, um, you know, and, and the cell phone, you, you had to wear it on the backpack because there was so much equipment you had to carry with you. So it's, it's, it's evolving and it's improving. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. One thing that I'm excited about is if movie theaters are not going to be the way they are traditionally, that means something else is going to take its place. And with another thing that I'm super interested in is um, taking in information about the progress of uh, consumer technology. And we're moving towards a point where, you know, James, Jim Cameron is going to have a field day, right? We're going to get to a point where he's going to be able to deliver film in another medium where it's not just a two dimensional uh, or even with the use of glasses, three dimensional um, experience. And and that's where I'm most excited, where it's more of an experience to, to watch uh, uh, what these creators make. Um, I think it's something that we're going to move toward and it's going to require that innovation to get audiences back into in, uh, consuming it that way. You know, that's the other thing, too, because with with COVID, a lot of folks are not going to be comfortable with the way that movie theaters are set up. And it's going to take innovation in order to make it comfortable for folks as well as interesting and enticing to come watch. Uh, and I would add that as we walked into uh, various film festivals, uh, Chicago, I, I know it was this way, and there were actual booths at South by Southwest. They had a lot of, and this is fledgling stuff. This is pre-pandemic. I'm talking obviously a year ago when it went off smoothly, but they had a lot of virtual reality, you know, put on the goggles and experience this. And, and yeah. I, I did not, I was always on my way to see something. So I did not <laughs> myself do it. Probably would have had some sort of fit and fall down or whatever and miss the movie but i i did see a lot of that uh, beginning to happen and, before and that stuff is exciting that stuff is exciting you know you were sitting here we're watching these action movies we're watching these big movies with you know the avengers and and transformers now just imagine where they take a film like that and they have it from the perspective of you in the movie if they can make it so immersive to the point that the star of the movie is bringing you along and that's the experience so that, that kind of stuff excites me. I, I really hope that they push the envelope with how they per, uh, proceed from here. 
Well, once again, we will have a short commercial break, and then I'm going to roll, uh, rattle on about a couple movies that you might be able to write down and watch at home. But don't go away. Call if you want. We're still, we'll be here talking when you come back. French Rastafarian baker Chef Ugmat is a fourth-generation baker and has worked in 11 countries across three continents. Born in Mulhouse, France, he began apprenticing in his father's bakery at age 12 and has devoted his life to learning cultures of the world from inside kitchens across the globe. He also teaches traditional French baking by hosting demonstrations and classes, and his passion for baking is reflected in his delicious confections. With a deep respect for discipline and his Rastafarian way of life, Sheikh Uvmat exemplifies commitment to tradition and culture in a global world. Traveling extensively and combining a myriad of flavors into his recipes, Chef Ugmat brings a unique approach to baking. To read more about the French Rastafarian baker, visit www.frenchchefoug.com. That's H-U-G-U-E-S. Bon appétit and bless up. Escape from Hell, A Woman's Story is a passionate book that tells the true story of author Rhonda Knutson's journey through the darkness and adversity of abuse. The book takes readers on an emotional trail from the depths of despair to the heights of forgiveness and understanding. She was inspired to help others, and her book is a vital tool through this process. Faithful to God and devotional to her beacon of hope, Rhonda Knutson is a perfect example of finding a guiding light that helped her come through the dark and into the light. Her book can assist you in overcoming your challenges with abuse. The publication of Escape from Hell, A Woman's Story is a triumphant achievement, and it can help you take ownership of your own experience of abuse and come through stronger than before. Rhonda is currently working on two more books, Shadows of Corruption and Coast to Coast on a Piece of Toast. To read more about this inspiring author and purchase her books, visit RhondaKnutson.com or go to www.amazon.com. This is Connie Wilson on Weekly Wilson on the Bold Brave Media Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And I have been remiss in telling you that you could call in at 866-451-1451. I think our record is five entire phone callers one night. So you can uh, give us one tonight if you have a question. But otherwise, we're going to give you some uh, benefit of the fact that my eyes are now glazed from permanently watching movies throughout the pandemic and I think Anthony's probably watched his share um, I did get to see uh, Irresistible which is the John Stewart on demand directed film uh, that had a terrific cast uh, Steve Carell, Chris Cooper, Rose Byrne uh, and looked like it would be funny and clips are showing uh, and I was excited to to hopefully, uh, you know, really get a kick out of it. I did not get as big a kick out of it as I had hoped. And it's the second John Stewart directed film that I've, uh, the first one was very serious and, and not at all meant to be funny. This one's meant to be funny. And, and given John Stewart as the guiding force, I, I hoped for a lot more. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't it wasn't all I had hoped for. If you want one that delivers on every level, even though you're having to watch it at home, go back and, and dial up uh, Ford versus Ferrari, uh, which I'm sure probably you've seen that one, right, Anthony? The Ford versus Ferrari. With um, Matt Damon and, and um, Christian Bale? Yes. I didn't finish it. 
So I, oh, I, I watched. The, I know. I know. It's. I, I really it's liked it, funny... but I saw it on a big screen, and that makes a big difference. So, what are you gonna do? You know, it's a whole no, different experience. I, I, did, I did catch a few movies over from beginning to end. <laughs> throughout the um uh recently uh some of the films that i've been watching are a little bit older uh but there's they're still goodies i i re-watched snowpiercer i'm not sure if you uh if you remember that one. Oh yeah i've been uh, watching the series yeah well yeah uh, they sent out uh, episode so, five w- watched it and i've been hooked on it and been watching it every week so, so I, yeah. I watched the old the movie with chris evans with tilda swinton john hurt jamie bell um, and Octavia Spencer, that and Ed Harris, excuse me. That that's a wonderful movie. That's on Netflix for folks if they want to check it out. Um, I saw Train to Busan. Train to Busan is another wonderful movie. Uh, another zombie movie. It's really really good if you're if you're into like more of the lighthearted comedic zombie movies. Um, I I watched a lot of folks that uh, excuse me a lot of films that were more a little bit more appealing to watch with like an 11 year old so it's like (laughs) certain things that I can watch with him certain things I could be like oh well maybe you can watch this scene maybe you can um, leave the room so some of the films I've been able to watch uh, were a little bit more more lighthearted I did watch uh, kingdom like uh we mentioned on the break i did watch money heist that was something i was able to watch when he went to bed um i also saw the platform the platform was another show that shot up in popularity as the pandemic started to sink in and people were looking for content to watch well they're telling us we only have 30 seconds so i want to tell you so thank you so much for calling in and taking time out of your sounds like very busy day and night and uh, it's probably around getting close to nine o'clock out there because uh, I'm in the Midwest zone and I am, I've written down all of your recommendations. I would like to uh, suggest to all our listeners that they check them out too. I liked Mulholland Falls, an old film that, that uh, I happened to catch late one night. It was showing on stars or something. So that's an oldie and a goodie, but uh, come back t- next week and we'll be back to books next week, not away from the movies, back to books. But uh, Anthony, thank you so much for being my guest tonight. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. I appreciate it. It was fun. And I'm going to check out all the ones you just rattled off, including the zombie movie, the kingdom. And uh, I would say, uh, check out some of them that I have also uh, suggested to you and all of our listeners, you do the same and we'll meet same place, same time next week on weekly Wilson. This has been weekly Wilson with your host, Connie C. Wilson. Join her each week with a lively discussion of political matters, movies, books, and other topics that capture the heart and mind, right here on Weekly Wilson. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.